When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, survivalists. This is the Crux True Survival Stories. I'm your host, Casey McIntosh. I'm joined here today with co-host Julie Henningsen. Hello there, Julie. Hi, Casey. Excited to hear what well, you have for us today. I think that this story is going to leave the hair standing up on the back of your neck. It definitely has me ever since I learned about it. And I think I just like to scare myself, to be completely honest with you. I'm like, how could I terrify myself? Oh, I'll learn about this story. Tell it on the podcast. So that's what I'm doing for you today. Great. I can't wait to be scared out of my skin. <laughs> In the heart of the California wilderness on January 8th, 2004, Aniela's passion for mountain biking collided with a chilling encounter with a mountain lion that would change her life forever. In this episode, we unravel the gripping details of that fateful day in Whiting Ranch Wilderness Park when, while mountain biking, Anne was suddenly and forcefully attacked by a mountain lion. After the brutal attack, after narrowly escaping the jaws of the lion, Anne was left with life-threatening injuries, but she came out of her experience with an unwillingness to give up biking and her love for the outdoors. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, Julie. Yeah, that does hit kind of close to home. Plenty of mountain lions around here, too. It was January 2004, and Anne and her friend Debbie set out for a mountain bike ride. She wanted to do a 45-minute ride in, at Whiting Ranch, which was a 10-minute drive away from her home. It was a loop trail. Whiting Ranch Wilderness Park is a 2,500-acre expanse of oak woodland and canyons, grasslands, and steep slopes of sage. The area also has some beautiful red rock. Um, there's a canyon there. There's also a few streams that meander through the park, and each of those streams are home to an abundance of wildlife. There was also a cattle ranch there back in the day, so there's some remnants of the cattle ranch that still linger in the area. There are 23 trails, and there are 17 miles of single track that are utilized by hikers and horseback riders. Anne was not planning on being out for a long time. She actually left her groceries on the countertop, so clearly wasn't planning on being gone for very long. And it's amazing how this could actually be the start to one of the days where you don't expect anything out of the ordinary. It's just one of the regular things. You know, you're just going to go out for a little bit of exercise when you have the time to do it. They started their journey around 345. And as they rounded a corner, the pair saw a man standing on the trail. He had a bike, but he was also standing with another bike, or at least that's the impression that I got that this person was also biking. And whoever was owning the bike that was just sitting there by itself was missing in action. The person they saw on the trail just said, hey, I'm looking for this person who abandoned their bike. The women didn't really think a whole lot about that. And they just kept going. And they were at a part of the trail where they started sort of speeding up. There were some turns and twists in the trail. This is the part of the trail where you think you're going to have a lot of fun. You know, you're just like really getting going. Yeah. And 
You're right, on the you're roller, on the roller coaster. coaster. It's super, super fun. And out of the corner of her eye, Anne sees some reddish brownish fur. And at first she just thought it was a deer. And I'm sure hmm. it's like it is here where deer are everywhere. But unfortunately for her, right. this was not a deer. Hmm. Sounds like it was a mountain well, lion. Yes. Only a brief moment later, the creature leapt up and attacked her. She knew right away that it was a mountain lion because nothing else attacks like that. Uh, in an article for The Guardian, she said, quote, I felt like getting hit by a truck. I was slammed to the ground and it knocked the wind out of me. I could not believe this was happening. I was wondering, have you had any experiences where you're like, this could be the end of my life? Has that thought ever crossed your mind? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, not not at that level. Not that I can think of. I've been in a few car accidents, but they were fender bender type things. So yeah, nothing where I legitimately feared for my life. The only thing that I can think of that reminds me of that, and I was thinking about this after I learned about the story, was um, when I was first dating Toby, he was really into whitewater kayaking. And we went down to Buffalo Rapids, down below Polson. I had no mm, yeah. idea what I was getting myself into. And I was in a, an inflatable kayak. I was following this person who I never should have followed. And, you know, it's all hindsight. You think, oh, that was a bad move, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know that this person was not the person to follow. And this person was in a hard shell kayak. And so they can just skirt around really easily. You know, one, one dip of the paddle and you can completely be on the other side of the river, but in an inflatable kayak, it's very slow moving. But before I knew it, all of a sudden there was this giant hole in the middle of the river. It was like, like, SUV sized and I flipped right into the hole and it just sucked me down to into the river like so fast. And I thought, Hmm, this could, this literally could be it. And I remember opening my eyes and it was just total whitewash. My shorts came off. That's how powerful the section was. Oh my gosh. My booties came off wow. of my feet. Yeah. So I thought in that moment, like this, this might be it for me, but thankfully, yeah, thankfully it was oh, not that sounds scary. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, did you, were you able to get yourself out or did something assist? No, I, I did. The thing about um, being in the white in rapids is that it's completely counterintuitive what you should do, which is swim to the bottom of the river, which is not what I did. I just kept going up and up and up. And I started kind of flailing my arms and legs. I was kicking really, really hard. And finally, it just spit me out all at once. Um, and thankfully, the mm. people that in my group, they were able to get my paddle and some of my other gear. Um, if they hadn't, I don't know what I would have done because everybody else, they were all in hard shell kayaks and now we're in the middle of nowhere. So it's like, you basically have to continue down the river. Otherwise you're stuck out there. So you had to keep going. You couldn't just call it. Yes. Say, okay. Well, Casey out. This was like also within the, it was before we even got to the halfway point. So I had to continue going down oh. the river and I wasn't fearful in the moment, but when I had to get back in the boat and continue down the river, that's when I was fearful. Yeah. Makes sense. So anyway, there's my near death experience. <laughs> Probably wasn't really yeah, near death, but it scared the poop out of me. <laughs> yeah. At least you got a feel for it. <laughs> yeah. Scared, scared your pants off. Oh, scared you right out of your shorts. It did. The mountain lion grabbed onto Anne's shoulders and attempted to bite down to her neck. It began dragging her towards the ravine by the back of her neck. 
she was trying to yell and she tried to punch the lion in the face, but it did not deter the beast at all. It pulled her for a short distance and then it started to reposition its grip on her left ear and the left side of her face. And at that point, she recognized that it was attempting to get her by the front of the neck. It was just moving its mouth around. She was crying out to Debbie and finally she saw Debbie and Debbie was just yelling and screaming. This part is crazy. Debbie actually grabs on to Anne's leg as the lion is attempting to pull Anne into the bushy ravine. Now, I was just wondering, Julie, would you do that for me? Would you pull on my leg? Of course. <laughs> you know I would. I'd be pulling on that leg for dear life. Oh my gosh. I just wonder too, if, uh, if Debbie just lost all of her fear in that moment because it became such a dire circumstance so quickly. Yeah. She was probably just operating on instincts at that moment, which way to go, Debbie. Those are some solid instincts. Right. At this point, the lion intensified its attempts to secure its prey. It bit down on her face. And at that moment, she felt the flesh of her face tear off and was surprised at how easily it happened. I saw in one account, she was saying it was like a knife cutting through butter, slicing through butter, a hot knife. I would imagine, think about how sharp those teeth are. No, thank you. I think it's so interesting that the cougar knows, the mountain lion cougar knows to go for the neck. That's how he's going to, you know, kill her fastest. Right. It is really interesting. That's pretty. Yeah. That animal instinct. It's also terrifying because this happens. It's like, there's no way that she could have prepared herself for what was going to happen. And it happens so quickly. Right. Yeah. As the cougar is pulling her head and Debbie is pulling her leg, Anne starts to try to say goodbye to Debbie. She was under the impression that this was gonna be it. Then the lion grabs the front of her neck and then she starts getting this feeling of a dark sensation. She was thinking, this is the end of my life. She feels this sensation of peace and relaxation. But then there's also this moment of remembrance of for her husband and her daughter, who's only an eight-year-old at the time. Ooh, yeah. Pulls you back. Right. As Debbie is screaming, there were some other onlookers in the area who were also recreating. One of them went back and called EMS once they realized what was happening. And two other onlookers started throwing rocks at the lion. They were all yelling at it. So two of the rocks hit the lion's body. The third one hit it in the head, which I thought was crazy mm. because that's so close to her but that was the rock that finally deterred the lion and it finally released Anne. Oh, thank goodness. After the lion released Anne, she came to, she kind of regained her senses, which made me wonder if the reason she felt so peaceful and things were starting to get dark was because maybe the lion was compressing her carotid arteries bilaterally and she was just having reduced blood flow to her brain at that point. Yeah, she could have just been about on the verge of uh, losing consciousness. When she came to, she was choking on her own blood and she felt a little bit like she was drowning. She also felt like there was a giant stake stapled to her left cheek where the lion had torn off the flesh on her face. So when you say stake, do you mean like the kind you eat or the kind <laughs> you kill a vampire with? I think the kind you eat. Because it was just a big flap, you know, oh, her face it. was, it, the tissue was still attached, but it was lacerated and torn. Okay. 
Got it. Yes. At first she was thinking about her left eye, but then she realized that she could see. And once she recognized that she could see out of both of her eyes, she felt confident in that moment that she was going to be okay. It took the paramedics 19 minutes to arrive at the scene. And what is really unnerving to me is that the helicopter pilot actually visualized the mountain lion crouching down in a pouncing position, waiting for the opportunity to obtain more human prey at the point at which the helicopter was coming down to rescue her. It was wasting no time. It was just Just hanging hanging out, out, waiting waiting for the next opportunity. Anne later discovered that the owner of the abandoned bike was attacked and killed by the same mountain lion that she'd been attacked by. This man named Mark Reynolds, who's apparently very athletic, and he didn't survive because he was by himself. And that had just happened earlier that same day? Essentially, I think right before she got attacked. Wow, that's crazy. That's one greedy mountain lion. Was it the same lion? Wild. He got a taste for human and wanted more. I guess so. I didn't see what happened to the mountain lion. I'm guessing that they euthanized it because at that point, it doesn't matter where you move it. It's going to be a danger to humans. Mm. Oh, that's awful. That poor man. Yeah, I know. And here, the thing is, what are the chances? That's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Makes me think that the mountain lion wasn't just trying to get dinner, you know, because that's, that's plenty of food. Why is he going back for more? That sounds like he's messing with them a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's also just the, um, thrill of the hunt. Yeah. Yes. He's a sport hunter. Exactly. Anne felt very strongly that she wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for her friend, Deb. I mean, Deb, definitely was the reason she survived because Deb was yelling and screaming and that's what alerted the other bikers. So she was obviously very grateful about that. But this story made me really curious about mountain lion attacks in general. And I was just thinking about the sheer power of mountain lions. I mean, my dog is 70 pounds and she can easily push me over. She's just solid muscle. So you have to imagine, you know, that times two, that's the size of a mountain lion about, you know, they're ranging between 100 and 150, 160 pounds and upwards from there. Mm -hmm. Probably it's a lot of muscle. I did a little bit of research on mountain lion attacks in this area of California and on a California fish and wildlife website, 22 mountain lion incidents were noted between March of 1986 and September of 2022. Of those attacks, three of those were fatal, um, half children. Oh, gosh, that's a lot. Yeah, but I guess, you know, this, I guess that is not a huge time period between 86 and 22. Over the past century, North America has witnessed a documented total of 126 cougar attacks, and 27 of those were fatal. And remarkably, fatal encounters with cougars are exceedingly rare. They're occurring less frequently than fatal incidents involving snakes, lightning strikes, or bee stings. It's particularly concerning that children are vulnerable. And most of the time when kids are obtained by cougars, it's when they're out of the vicinity of their parents. I was also wondering how um, cougar attacks compared to bear attacks. And there have been 180 bear attacks since 1784 in the United States. And on average, 11 bear attacks per year. 
half of those attacks are fatal. Well, and also the, the, I was going to say those statistics don't add up because 180 in like 200 years, that's only like, that's less than one a year. Maybe that's fatalities and attacks are more like 11 per year. I'm seeing there's an average of 11 bear attacks in the U S there's an average of 11 bear attacks every year. Half are fatal. That's what I saw too. From worldanimalfoundation.org, they say that there are 40 bear attacks on humans worldwide every year. Yeah, I see that too. Global bear attack rate of 39.6 attacks, 40 attacks per year. And um, apparently your risk is pretty low. So the one in 2.1 million chances of being attacked by a bear, and that's per the National Park Service. But also, you know, it probably depends on you're kind of watering down the statistics with people that probably are not in the wilderness a whole lot. You know, if you live in New York city, your chances of being attacked by a grizzly bear are basically zero where we are. Our chances are significantly higher. Yeah. Have you ever been attacked by a bear? Have I ever been attacked by a bear? No, thankfully no. Your your car was attacked by a bear (laughs) just a couple weeks ago. Um, My friend Anders was attacked by a bear and you can listen to his uh, story on our podcast. So cougars, like many predators can attack when they feel cornered or provoked or triggered by a person playing dead. Apparently interestingly, standing still could potentially make a person appear like easy prey. Um, actions like looking towards them or loud shouting in efforts to appear larger or more intimidating might prompt them to leave. Cougars can obviously be a threat to humans, but, um, Humans oftentimes have the ability to fend off cougar attackers. Remarkably, instances exist where humans have successfully prevailed in physical confrontations with cougars. There's an example of Travis Kaufman, who managed to choke a juvenile cougar to death during a jogging attack. Have you heard of that story, Julie? No, that's badass. Wow. No, I haven't. We got to tell that story. So employing self-defense measures, yielding sticks, rocks, using bare hands has been proven to be effective sometimes at persuading attacking cougars to disengage, but obviously it's not a guarantee. It's good to know though, because now if I ever get attacked by a cougar, I will fight like hell. I will try and choke that cougar. Oh yeah. I will know that there is a possibility Yeah. It's like, gosh, I mean, it all depends upon where it's attacked, like how it gets you and what limbs are available at the time. (laughs) You know, like I think the best situation is one where you see the cougar before it gets to you. If you are in a situation like Anne, there's really not a whole lot that she could have done in that situation to prevent that from occurring, you know, but maybe if she would have found the eyeball, you know, yeah, punch it in the throat. Um, I found a website titled the mountain lions of orange County, which I was hoping that it w- would have been called the cougars of orange County, because that would have been funnier. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like the real housewives of orange County, but it's the real mountain lions of orange County. But anyway, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of cougar attacks going on in the bar scene here <laughs> after hours. <laughs> So on this page, they describe there's only 15 to 25 mountain lions in this area where Anne was attacked, which is really interesting. It's smaller than I had anticipated, but part of that is probably because the habitat is getting increasingly smaller with just the human population. 
Julie looked the stat up earlier and found that there were 5,300 in Montana state. You got a lot of, yeah, a lot of wide open space, a lot of habitat for mountain lions. So I was just going to go through a couple tips real quick about what you can do when it comes to protecting yourself and just being um, mindful of trying to recreate in areas where cougars live. So first of all, just take a friend with you. Avoid going into cougar country alone is a good idea. Um, You should be aware of your surroundings, you know, just pay attention to where you are and, you know, maybe don't wear headphones. I totally break that rule all the time. The other consideration was to bring along a whistle or an air horn that could scare an animal away. When I was reading about this, it was mentioning to keep kids under the age of 16 close and not allowing young children to play outside unsupervised. Of course, you know, being really close to a child if you're walking with them and to keep your dog on a leash that's six feet long or less, which I was like, okay, I'm doing all the wrong things. Also not to run away from a cougar if a cougar is coming after you. And um, if you do encounter a cougar, you're supposed to face it directly, but don't look directly into its eyes because that might make you appear aggressive. I don't know if that's true or not. And if the cougar displays aggressive behavior, you're supposed to look larger than you are. If you have a coat on and you can put it over your head, sticks, throwing rocks, making a bunch of noise, and don't approach the cougar, obviously. If there are cubs, be really careful to not get anywhere near them. And in the event that it does attack you, then you want to fight back. Don't play dead. You know, they used to say with bear attacks to play dead. And I don't know if that's still the recommendation. Do you know, Julie? I think with, with black bears, it's the opposite. It's more like a cougar is be big, be obnoxious. I don't know about the don't look them in the eye part, but I think with grizzly bears, it's, it is kind of a more submissive approach is recommended. Mm, interesting. So now I'm totally confused. I'm just going to scream, I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know it kind of sounds like don't be, don't show aggression, but also don't show fear. It kind of sounds like just act indifferent, which would be hard. Right. And I think in these circumstances, you really have very little time to think. And all of a sudden your body just reacts. It's just the fight or flight situation takes over and you're not, I don't know, your heart rate is like 200 beats a minute and less than a second. So I think that would be very challenging in the event that you're attacked without having any preparation beforehand. I imagine in that moment of adrenaline, you just wouldn't even have access to like the thinking decision-making part of your brain. You'd just be running on instinct. Yeah, it's true. And the area where I run, I'm like, oh gosh, I, if this is going to happen to me, I guess it's going to happen to me. I mean, I'm out there with my dog and I'm hoping that she would fend a cougar off if she had to, but I'm out there running with my headphones in, with my dog not on a leash. So I guess I'm asking for it. But back to Anne. According to an ABC article, Anne's husband fainted upon seeing her and her injuries after this cougar incident. And the night of her attack, she underwent a six-hour surgery. And her trauma surgeon said her wounds were some of the worst he had ever seen. And out of the 20 puncture wounds she had, which were all deep, none of them hit her esophagus her voice box, her trachea, or her carotid artery, but in some areas were millimeters away from her carotid artery. That's amazing. I know. Isn't that incredible? 
And she had, and she retained her eyesight too. I know she got very, very lucky. At the time of the incident, doctors estimated she would need to undergo three to five procedures in the next few years. Despite this horrifying experience, Anne was really determined to get back to the trail because she loved mountain biking. She wasn't going to be dissuaded by the events of this day. She just loves it. So within four months of the attack, she was back on the same trail riding again. I got to think if your chances of getting attacked by a mountain lion or, you know, whatever statistic you gave one in millions, then your chance of getting attacked by a mountain lion twice are probably so low that maybe she felt comfortable getting back into mountain. Right. And the other thing that I was thinking is, or wondering is that sometimes maybe people go back to the scene of their near death experience to almost face their fear. And that is essentially what she did. She didn't want to be living in fear of, of lions. And she said in an article for the guardian quote, I've had zero issues with nightmares or PTSD since the attack. I'm just so thankful to be alive. So that was kind of insightful to me. I was just thinking, well, you know, maybe that's what this is about. Maybe this is why people go back to the scene of their near-death experiences is just to face their fears that they might have lingering after something so traumatic. Yeah, kind of like a little exposure therapy. Exactly. So she also wanted to set a good example for her daughter to not let fear lead your life. Her story made it into a documentary segment on Fight to Survive that's titled, This Woman Survived a Brutal Mountain Lion Attack. She also wrote a book that's titled Skin Deep. So it might be worth reading an interesting perspective, I'm sure, on life after having lived through something that was so sudden and so vicious. Yeah, there's some good pictures of her on the internet, too, that um, you can tell she had a good surgeon. You'd never guess by how her how she looks now that uh, she had to be put back together like pretty incredible if you've enjoyed this episode please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform you can connect with us on instagram at the crux podcast where we share our updates about our podcast episodes and you know helping us share these stories would really get the word out so you can reshare our post on your stories and take us. It's just a really good way to get the word out. If you have any suggestions or questions, if you have a survival story, if you've lived through something crazy that you want to talk to us about, we would love to interview you. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on Instagram or at our email at the survival at gmail.com. We're always so happy to hear from listeners and we're so appreciative that you guys are a part of this community. Thanks for joining us on this incredible journey. Stay safe and keep adventuring and we will look forward to the next episode with you in a week. The end. (laughs) Peace out, Julie. The end. (laughs)